Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. As some of you may already know, in my narrow casting life beyond this particular show, I have been known to wear several hats, and one of the hats I wear is as a contributor to an archive television-themed podcast called Round the Archives, which is, I think it's safe to say, probably what started it all for me and is certainly one of the reasons we're all here today doing whatever it is that we do here. Anyway, one half of the rather lovely couple behind Round the Archives, some might even suggest that she's the brains of the outfit, if not the very soul, well, she certainly works hard to keep the rest of the gang from getting too silly, is the delightful Lisa Parker. And she is our guest on the show today, talking about her earliest television memories in an interview recorded towards the end of last year. Before we get around to that, however, Sandy and I had a brief catch-up about our recent viewing, and as ever meandered around the topic a little in that way that we do. So, with all of that to look forward to, I'd probably best crank up those time engines deep in the bowels of Fab Radio's very own TARDIS and get us to point A, even if it's via a couple of alphabets of other points we haven't even thought about yet. Hello, Sunday. Hello, Martin. What's happening? What's happening? Well, today, today we are going to be uh, interviewing uh, Lisa from the Round the Archives podcast, uh, and she's going to be uh, she's one of the, one of those interviews I do where we talk about old television memories, earliest television memories. Yep. So, what I thought we could quickly do is talk about our most recent television memories. You know, just to yes, to shake things up a bit. So, what have you been watching, Sam? Uh, I've I've been watching The Crown. See the Crown. What the controversial fourth series of the crown ah. with uh, okay. olivia coleman and mm-hmm. uh, uh, various other people okay Gillian anderson playing uh, mrs thatcher uh, looking at the uh, the 1980s I, I, you know it's a decade i remember very well yes uh, do you know. remember it looking like it does in the crown <laughs> I must say, gr- growing up on a housing scheme in the uh, the west of uh, the west of Scotland, uh, no. <laughs> and is is the fact that it's Gillian Anderson making you think better of Thatcher? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they they, 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 can, they do attempt. Oh no, I'm finding Thatcher attractive. It's a panic. Make... It's a panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I mean, I will say there's you know there's a lot of kind of documentaries knocking around just now. The uh, the one the Andrew Marr one and the Elizabethans okay. had Mrs Thatcher on it. And you realise that what what Gillian Anderson was playing was very very late Mrs Thatcher, mm. you know, towards the end of her. Uh... I still can't hear her voice without a shudder. Though. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. I it, it, I think it's so ingrained. It's her her voice so ingrained itself into people of, of yeah. our generation mm-hmm. that actually, yeah. if you if you liked her, it's probably fine. But if you really didn't like her at all it 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 it's still i can yeah. feel the goosebumps yeah you know it really really puts me on edge when i hear her voice yeah. on on old video or whatever you know but uh yeah it's, it's probably i think because you are 
or you were so aware of the events that they are mm. talking about in it. Mm. it it takes a little bit of the edge off it i think because it you remember the context you remember what right. was going on and it's just kind of bringing it back was a surprise yeah whereas you know they could have 50s 60s much less so given that you mm. know i was i wasn't born until the the early 60s so no my memories of things pre-1970 are uh, easy are not not fantastic yeah, basically someone points you at, at space space opera or a chopper you'll go oh yeah but yeah. anything else yeah but yeah so i didn't have either of those no <laughs> not in dumbarton, not in dumbarton. <laughs> yeah. bloody bloody southern yeah. toys <laughs> true children did have to have them i understand but uh ah, I'd, right. I'd a bike you know that was gonna yes. be a sense of freedom right. but not not a chopper so yeah the, the crowd it's it's good yeah Mm-hmm. You know, Have you watched all the previous series? Or... Bizarrely, I've watched series one and two. I've not watched series three. Right. Any any particular reason, or just it wasn't uh, available? Or... Yeah, I think I had my my other half watched it when I was mm. doing other things. In those, you remember those days where you could do different things in the house. You know, like you could one of you might stay in and one of you might go out. So that sort of could, life. No? You could have, you know, you you got your joint viewing and you got your. Mm. Uh, uh, your individual. Indi- your individual. Your, your strange, obscure German yeah, subtitles. That's it. So, you know, my, my yeah. better half has watched, you know, 150 episodes of uh, The Good Wife. Oh, right. And, and I've seen uh, none. Well, the Good Wife? The Good Wife, yeah. Oh, right. I think I saw the first couple of those. I don't yeah. think I took to it particularly. That's, uh, is it Julia Margulies from, is that what I'm thinking of? <laughs> Who was in ER. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those kind of... Uh, kind of series right Suzanne had seen all three series I'd only seen two I'd right. watched the first little bit of series three and then decided all right well yeah. given we're both in all night every night just now let's yeah. uh let's do this one together and it's uh you, you know you know all the history mm-hmm. that goes behind it but it's yeah it, it's kind of it's it's interesting yeah, yeah. I was I was a bit uh, I don't know I I'm not really a big royalist you know and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really do a lot of that sort of drama, really. No. Just, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those unusual people, I suppose, who I've always quite liked science fiction or science fantasy. Yeah. But I've never really, I never took to um, Game of Thrones. No. I, I, I've, mm-hmm. I watched the first six, and I just thought, yeah. no, this really isn't for me. No. You know? So I, it's kind of weird that sometimes it's unusual the stuff I haven't seen. Yes. I keep hearing good things about The Crown, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. But I'm I, just not sh- It's that thing where you're not sure you want to commit to however many hours it is now. Yeah, you know? well, it's four series and uh, mm. 40 hours, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Finding four, I've got so much else <laughs> I've got to watch at the moment, you know. Yeah. Um, I've heard also that this new thing called The Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, yeah. To, we're on, we're on that good. one as well. Uh-huh. Uh, which I really like, yeah. Keeping a, with the royal theme. Keeping with the royal theme. Well, that's good, actually, because uh, Lisa, our guest, she's she's uh, very much into her history. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it probably all it all mashes together. Yeah, the, the Queen's Gambit is good. It's, it's really interesting, quirky. It's totally, okay. totally unfeasible. Okay. So what's yeah. that about? Uh, it's about a female chess prodigy. Oh, OK. Uh, who kind of finds her meaning in life through playing chess and as a phenomenal chess player taking on grandmasters being self-taught and never playing anyone it's become quite the thing there's a couple of really decent 
films on Netflix about chess. I yeah. Think. So those, um, what was the one about? You know, quite often they're spy thrillers. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but there's been a couple we've seen. So yeah. There's, there's a uh, has there been a documentary on recently about Bobby Fischer. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think who's a very strange character. Well, it takes a particular kind of mind, I think, yeah. to be very good in that sort of chess yeah. field. So I suspect they are, they are interesting people, but also complicated people. But yeah, Bobby Fischer basically won you know the the biggest, most famous chess match in uh, in history when he played mm. uh, Boris Spassky and Reykjavik mm. in the uh, the early seventies. In fact, I think it's a film. Mm. I think that might be the I'm film. I'm thinking seen. it's a feature film. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then basically he couldn't hack it anymore roamed the world, never really playing chess, became a uh, a virulent anti-Semite and uh, died not that long ago. Oh, there we go. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the chess stuff, chess is, is not an interesting thing to watch. And um, yet it, it, it's supposed to be very much a part of sort of the culture of New York, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot, yeah. of, there's a lot of, I mean, chess has become kind of an enabler mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. So that's why it's become quite a facet of drama generally. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of interesting that it's, because I mean, you know, let's face it, when we were at school, the kids who were at chess club were not necessarily the most popular kids. Huh, in that school. was me. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, okay, apart from yourself, obviously. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't seen as cool. No. You know, and yet now actually chess has become very cool indeed in the yeah. last few years you know and i think it's it's so easy to play you, mm. know, you, you don't need shed loads of equipment you know mm. there's no uh investment of money and add-ons and buy-ons no. and stuff like that it's just well that's true in terms of the kit i mean there are so many hobbies that you have these days you have to buy so much kit that yeah. actually <laughs> basically once you've got your chessboard or your pocket chessboard you're in yeah you're done and and you can you know, you can play online against people and trust mm. that the person that you're playing isn't cheating. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, Queen's Gambit. I would, I would yeah. definitely recommend Give it. Give a go. Oh, right. uh, so it's it's quite interesting as well. Is it postal chess? You think about postal chess? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you imagine that you know where it was like a move a week because of the, <laughs> the Royal Mail, and you kind of think it, it, it it's just kind of bizarre because that used to be a little feature. There was always this scene in a spy film where he'd open his message and move his piece and, yeah and and they've been having these these tournaments over the course of that how, how long would one game take with these things <laughs> oh sorry the royal mail don't deliver on a saturday anymore <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna put time on to the uh time on to the game i suppose actually it's, it's kind of weird um because obviously in terms of real television or yeah. real side dramas based on real events we uh, watched the trial of christine keeler oh yes a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. Which uh, again, same kind of thing. I think that was uh, eight eight hours, but yeah. uh, that, that, that was that was nicely done. You know, I, I again, yeah, I sometimes fun. find with these things my expectations are quite low, but mm. but uh, that one worked very well actually. Uh, again, makes you get a bit sort of ratty about the establishment and how it yeah. circles the wagons and <laughs> looks after its own. <laughs> yeah, which I, mean, I suspect is another theme we're <laughs> going to get a lot of over the next few years. Yeah, and it's gonna it's amazing how a lot of these things from the. Uh, the 50s and 60s start tying into each other, you know, the connections mm. with uh, Ruth Ellis. Yeah. Well, the, the big moments in history are, are, unfortunately, I suppose, to a certain extent, what gets talked about. This is the thing. I mean, people talk about the 60s and you, they talk about the uh, 
Profumo affair. They talk about uh, the Chatterley trial, and that's and the Beatles, and that's pretty. Oh, and the Kennedy assassination, mm. and those four things. Are, that's nineteen. That's early nineteen sixties, and not yeah. a great deal else, you know. No. So those are the dramas that we keep coming back to. So it's always quite nice when somebody finds a new or fresh take that that looks at that time from a different angle. Yeah. But also, it's interesting this because I, I mean I'd seen Scandal, for example. Yeah. Years ago, uh, that's the what Joanne. Wally. Wally Kilmer, or yep. whatever version. And that's the one with John I'm Hurt. John Hurt, yep. Yes. Uh, which is a, it's a good film, but of course this had four times the running time. Yeah. And you do get, it's, it's a very different take, you know, and on motivations and yeah. things that you weren't really aware of. That, oh, that's interesting. And, and things that were going on and, and deals that were going on behind closed doors to protect certain... <clears throat> people yeah. <laughs> you know and of course you kind of think well, yeah that is unfortunately the way the world works but mm. but again a world of intrigue for sort of television yeah and, and t- tying into other things uh, is it series two of the crown there's vague references to prince philip ah. moving around in uh, in these circles mm. oh is this when the lizards took over <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we shouldn't dwell. Maybe that would be a good time for us to uh, sign off and uh, we'll go over to our interview with uh, the lovely Lisa and uh, I'll speak to you again next week, Sandy. You take care. You take care. Cheers, Martin. Bye. Okay, so hello, Lisa. Hello, Martin. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? Oh, not so bad. Ticking along. Jolly good. So, we're going to talk a little bit about this strange and peculiar beast we call television. Mm-hmm. And I was just really beginning to wonder, what was it about old television that drew your eye? Because, I mean, you're now actually spending a lot of time sort of talking about uh, old TV. So, what was it about it that sort of caught your eye and made you think, mm, yeah, I'm really interested in that? Um, I think it probably stems from watching uh, Doctor Who, okay. actually, because I, I always watched Doctor Who growing up. I was the slightly odd one in my family that liked Doctor Who and other programmes like that. So um, nobody else really gets it, I no. don't think, in my family. In the family generally, right? Okay. No, no. I mean, my, my nephew quite likes it, but he only he's, he's very particularly and he only likes John Pertwee okay and that is it um but yeah I think it all stems from that really it's Mm. um I don't know it's it's I discovered all of this old television in my sort of late teens sort Mm. of early 20s and because it was it was quite late on for me you know it's sort of around the time of the um Lime Grove stuff Mm. and uh, you know in the early 90s Mm. and there was all this exciting old television with people in it that had been in Doctor Who Mm -hmm. but had also been in lots of other stuff and it, yeah it was just it was just interesting and exciting and I mm. found that I really enjoyed watching it and again it, it sounds ridiculous but I watch it and I think well because a lot of people again in my family would watch it and if it's on video and on film I say oh look that's that's on film and they'd mm. look at me as though I was talking some sort of weird <laughs> alien language because they couldn't tell any difference yeah. whatsoever so. Yeah, we get that a lot, actually. Uh, that, a couple of people have mentioned that over, over the last few months. It's, it's just one of those things. You seem to have an eye for it, and it's it's not one of those things that other people seem to be... They are completely oblivious to, you know. But 
they really are i mean it's it's there must be like a little switch in certain people's brains that just clicks on when you watch this this old television which means you can tell what it was filmed on or mm. when it was filmed or who that actor is or you, you know. know you're 16 mil from your 35 mil and all that kind of thing well I'm not sure it's quite <laughs> that specific but so. well but i mean you can you can sort of see a, a clearer image and a kind of the slight softness yes. of the film image and, and you can, yeah. can spot the difference between the two and and yeah. like you say other people just a, a character walks through a door and on a studio set and you're going oh they've gone to studio and everybody else is going oh i'm just following yeah. the plot. so yeah, yeah. what yeah it, it is kind of weird so do you think this this forensic sort of analysis of television do you, do you think this came purely from watching doctor who or or i mean were you actually interested in the behind the scenes stuff and all that before this lime grove program came on or or was it kind of like lightning in a bottle it all just happened at once was it like a sudden road to damascus moment i think it, it yes i think it probably started around the time of the lime grove stuff in 1991 mm. um also of course at that point doctor who wasn't being shown so mm. i was looking to find out more about doctor who oh right yes, yes. <laughs> okay so um and i did go through a period in the early 90s of watching other sort of sci-fi slash tele-fantasy programs but mm. nothing ever really stuck with me the way Doctor Who has. When you say the family just thought this was Lisa's weird thing I mean yeah but yeah they just didn't get that they didn't get the passion for it so, so they, I mean no. did you have to did you have to sort of fight for control of the television when 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 it was on? Or? Um I think I possibly by this point had my own television upstairs right so I could go and watch my my stuff upstairs right. um, i might have to fight for control of the video recorder to right. record stuff <laughs> so was that was that actually them just giving up and saying oh just give her her own tv <laughs> yeah yeah just yeah just, yeah just watch it on your own television and then we don't have to watch it so, oh, dear. so, so you, you weren't yeah. ba basically able to be uh, an evangelist and, and bring them all into your your worldview they would they were definitely dismissive of your 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 interest yeah. well, my mum used to watch it with me. If when I got a, a, like when I was buying, oh, so it was her two, fault. <laughs> yes, the videos to start with. She would watch stories with me because my my often repeated story is that we watched um, the omnibus version of Robots of Death. Right. And we got to the first appearance of Russell Hunter, and uh, well, oh, that's that smelly from Colin. <laughs> I sort of kind of get where she comes from there, yeah. but. Um, so and and later on like when the new series of doctor who came on mm. my dad got quite into it he watched david tennant quite regularly he really mm. liked david tennant mm. he didn't watch after david tennant but he did like mm. david tennant's mm. doctor so so i sort of people have their thing yeah i kind of i kind of got them in the end so yeah. <laughs> well there we go so it was a long journey that you finally yes. got there. so yeah. what what was it how old would you have been when you started watching when I started watching Doctor Who, yeah, well, you know, uh, with, with sort of more than just it was a program that was on, but actually something you sought out to actually sort of sit down uh, in front of. That probably would have been post nineteen eighty nine. I watched it regularly up to then, um, right. apart from missing the first couple of minutes of Delta and the Bannermen. I because um, Coronation Street was on, and I was watching it and then I suddenly realised Doctor Who was on and I had to run upstairs and I just got there in time to see Ken Dodd get killed off. Um, so you know, you didn't story. see the whole the Doddy arc for years No, afterwards. no, just, just sorry, got sh get shot by Don Henderson. Oh, was he wasn't in it much. No. <laughs> 
So yeah, it, it must have taken me to right. probably till I got the, to the VHS to see it for probably from the beginning, right. probably. So, so um, but you had been watching when the program was on, but but it became an actual interest after it finished. Weirdly. Yes, oh, okay. because it wasn't there to watch anymore. Right. I wanted to sign, suddenly find out more about it, so mm. I started buying Doctor Who magazine. Mm. Um, I joined the DWAS in mm. about 1991, okay. which led to me being sat where I am because I had I not joined the DWAS, I wouldn't have sent off for the um, Ray Face Shift tape scene, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have met the group of friends that ultimately let me, wow. led me to meet Andrew. So my life would have gone in a whole different direction. It's a real sort of um, Television changes lives. It does, yeah. Doctor yeah. Who certainly did. Doctor wow. Who changed my life tremendously because it's put me on this path. Mm. But had I not done that, then goodness knows where I would have mm. been sat now. I would have been mm. probably still living locally to where I grew mm. up, and and who knows? Yeah. So the life not the life not was it the turn left the, the life not lived. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's like a sliding doors kind mm. of thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know that that sort of rather subpar film with Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but but it gets quoted a lot because people understand what it's about. Yeah, it's it's, yes. it's kind of weird. So not wanting to be too uh, ungracious, but uh, so the program would have you'd have been about mm, teenager. Uh, in, yeah, ninety. I was. In 1989, when it finished, mm. I was 17. Right. So, so rolling, rolling back the years, mm-hmm. do you have do you have a first memory of, of, of watching Doctor Who at all? It's it's quite sad actually, or quite embarrassing in a way, because although I'm old like enough to remember right. <laughs> to remember the late Tom Baker era, right? I didn't see it because every Saturday we would visit my grandparents. Okay. So I was not at home to watch Doctor Who. We wouldn't get home to sort of six o'clock gone, at which point it was either on or it had finished. So I didn't see late Tom Baker. So my earliest memory of Doctor Who is uh, Peter Davison's first series. It's The Visitation. Because I know we were doing The Great Frail London at school and I had to really, really almost sit on my hands from telling the teacher <laughs> that the doctor started the Great Fire of London because I'd just seen it. Uh, but this is educational television. This is I'm, yes. I'm going to watch this this week because I'm doing this at school. It possibly, yeah. I mean, I I think I must have liked Doctor Who by that point because I Sydney remember... Sidney Newman would have been proud of you. He would, he would, yeah. But I remember playing... We played Doctor Who in the back garden because my... Um, there's a bit of an age gap between myself and my brother and my sister. So my sister's children are closer in age to me than oh, my sister right. is. Okay. So I used to play Doctor Who with them in the garden. Okay. And I would be the doctor, of course, because I know the most about it. Foretelling the future there. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I get to be the first female doctor. I get to beat Joanna Lumley and Jodie Whittaker by about sort of 20 odd. 30 odd years I think a lot of people would have paid good money to see that actually <laughs> I don't think they would because it was it was a very simple story we just I'd obviously just regenerated from the fifth doctor because mm-hmm. it was Tegan and, and Nissa right. and my nephew who I could never persuade to be Adric would be a fraggle right so we he used to just sit under a chair and we'd let him just be a fraggle under a chair and right. kind of ignore him so that again it, that's date, dating us so we now know that the fraggles and, and, and Peter Davison were on at the same time <laughs> Yes, roughly. It might be, 
possibly was a little bit after Peter Davison's first series, because I think that would be about sort of 84. Does he have a house full of Fraggle Rock tapes? No, he's, I don't know if he's actually got any of it now. I think he's, because I've got some of the DVDs, which I actually must get around to watching. I've got this terrible habit of buying DVDs and then they go onto a pile and get other DVDs compressed. Oh, we, we all have that one. It's <laughs> going to be like a compression layer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he, if he does. He's got, I know he's, he's got a lot of old stuff, but I don't mm. know about Fraggle Rock. In my family, he's the closest person in that kind of watching to me. Yeah. Okay. My nephew, so, yeah. So you, your grandparents, did they not have a television or did, did they just not watch it? I just don't think it was allowed to be on Why? we were there well they might have been you know, they might have been sort of other channels yeah when you've got guests in the house and you see because my grandparents were exactly the same if you had guests over the telly didn't go on at all it, it was rude i have a memory of seeing box of delights in black and white at my it was just my grandma's passing because my, my granddad passed um ah. died in 1980 so yeah by the time box of delights come around and i don't know if it was the original showing or if it was a repeat showing because mm. i have this memory of it being on every day so but i think that might be wrong Mm-hmm. Um, and, and seeing Box of Delights in black and white, which really dulled the experience. <laughs> and I actually found this is going to sound awful. I'm going to get shouted at by all the Box of Delights loving people. And I love it now. It's a great series. But that particular moment in time, it bored the hell out of me. <laughs> I think because it was in black and white. A bit like, the, I mean, the classic serials generally, because uh, you've got um, Narnia as well, haven't you? They yes. can actually seem a bit worthy. Yeah. Be. And of course, having had all these years of being deprived of your Doctor Who fix, would yes. have just thought, well, it's not, it's not as exciting as that. No, no. I can only assume it was a middle episode without Patrick Troughton as well, because mm. the story dips a little in the middle. It's, it's the same thing as what happens when Gandalf goes off in The Hobbit. Mm. It instantly becomes a lot less interesting mm. because, you know, Gandalf and Patrick Troughton's character... Oh, Cole Hawkins. Yes. Are the most interesting character in it, so... See, I watched it... Apart um, from Adna Brown. I watched it last Christmas, and I spent most of the middle episodes wondering where all that snow had gone. Because when they're flying, yes. there seems to be no snow yeah. on the ground, don't it? No. So the helicopter shot was obviously done in the autumn. Yeah, they had terrible trouble with snow. They've read mm. too much or not enough mm. because of the whole... The way the weather... They, 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 I think they said, we'll go and film in Scotland because there'll be loads of snow, and there wasn't. <laughs> so... Then they bought fake snow in and then it snowed anyway, so, yeah. See, global warming, you see? Yes. That's where it began, with <laughs> the BBC in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So your earliest Doctor Who memories are Tom Baker, but you didn't uh, get to see it much. You'll say you knew about it, but you weren't allowed I to I knew about it. it. Right. I literally have no memories from of from that age of Tom Baker. Obviously, I've seen all of Tom Baker. Yeah. I've seen all of everything um, but so since. But so it's like the deprivation somehow made the interest more is that you say you yeah. weren't allowed to watch it so when you could yes i did mm. okay. um and i because i got um state of decay on cassette one year because like my parents bought me a tape um like a radio with a tape recorder in it oh yeah and uh, i one of the tapes i got was state of decay i knew that tape backwards i mm-hmm. must have listened to that so many times <laughs> and it, i was slightly disappointed when it it's because it's been reissued and it's not the original recording because oh. I, so I must actually listen to it on because it's on the um one of the uh the season 18 blu-ray set oh yes i think 
the original. I should I should listen to it for old time's sake. Absolutely. Well, a... That, there's a, there's a Christmas Eve treat for you or something. You know. Yes. Lots lots of people yeah. do seem to have a thing they do every Christmas. It's uh, you know I I must do this because I've done it every year and uh, what mm-hmm. you know what, what, whether it's a favourite film or you know a favourite uh, TV show or whatever. But uh, quite a few people have an audio that they will always put yeah. on so maybe that will become yours maybe yeah i mean we did we, we did the muppets christmas carol for the first time last christmas oh which yes amazed everybody because i didn't i've never seen it the whole way through oh, okay well, i hadn't i have now hmm. um so where are you on the uh how how definitive it is do you know it's a pretty good adaptation hmm. it's it's actually better than some modern versions of it hmm. apart from them all being pigs and frogs and bears yeah. and all sorts it's and, and a rat hmm. and, and gonzo whatever gonzo hmm. is yeah it's a pretty good adaptation it's, really it's, it's quite every every christmas i was saying this to sandy we were talking about it on our, our christmas show but uh, uh, every year somebody says why they get confused because there's only one marley in it and you could always say yes. they're the ones who've only ever watched it in the muppet version yeah, yeah. i mean because we did watch the bbc version a few years ago hmm. and that's because that's i think that's um John LeMessurier as, oh, right. as Marley. Okay. I think, might be wrong, but Robert Marley. Uh, is it Marley? Uh, you know, Morley. Oh, Bob Morley. Bob Morley as Marley. Oh, dear. <laughs> as, as, no, as Scrooge. Oh, I see. Right, yes. Yeah. Oh. So that, that's, yeah, that, that was quite a good version as well. But I have to say, the Muppet version is a pretty good one. My favourite yeah. is, is the Patrick Stewart, but there you go. That's, I think that's just got, got me at the right time, that one. So, yeah. I'm not sure I've seen that version, so I'm, I'm obviously lacking on, on versions no. of the Christmas Carol. Well, you know, there are a lot about, and a lot of, a lot of people will go with the... Um, this is going to sound great in June when this goes out. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, it's the uh, a lot of people quite like the Alistair Sim version, but uh, for some reason, yeah. the Patrick Stewart one just got me at the right time, and it's, uh, mm-hmm. that's the one we sort of dig out every year. But there we go. Robert Morley, John LeMessurier, that takes us back. Oh, um, yeah, I've just realised that it's not actually Robert Morley who plays Scrooge in the version of A Christmas Carol with John LeMessurier, it's Michael Holden. Do you actually have mm-hmm. any earliest memories of television? Do you remember watching television as a small person at all? Um... I have vague memories of watching Jamie and the Magic Torch. Right. Because that was on lunchtimes. Right, so children's television. Sort of children's yeah. television, sort of lunchtime awards. I guess I must have seen Rainbow as well, hmm. but I don't actually remember from that point. But I do have fairly strong memories hmm. of Jamie and the Magic Torch. Right. Um, possibly because of the way it it goes with him sort of jumping down the hole. It's quite yeah, got a good song. Memorable. You know. Get him with a good song. I used to find that with Chalton and the Wheelies, and I was far too old to be watching Chalton and the Wheelies. It's a great <laughs> song. Yeah. I suppose the fact that Fenella was Welsh. I mean, my father was Welsh, so you know, it's kind of all right. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> anyway, yes. No. Um. So, but that was children's. But do you remember actually anything that was? Did you sit down as a family and watch things in the evening? Was Coronation Street always on, or do you remember any any things that sort of stands out? That the glowing box in the corner that sort of caught your eye and made a television fanatic in later years. You know? Yeah. I don't remember anything specifically. Uh, I know we were very much an ITV family. Oh, right. Okay. Get out. I don't remember. S- <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I, I, I've gone back the other way now. I tend to watch more BBC than ITV. But yeah, well, it's my, deprived my parents, childhood, you know, make it up. <laughs> my parents were definitely ITV people because they right. watched sort of Coronation Street and things like um, Play Your Cards Right and, mm. and all those sort of quiz shows. Mm. 
Um, they did watch the Generation game because mm. I I did consider when it, it sort of when it came back in the in the nineties with Bruce Forsyth sort of applying to go on with my dad, which we we never got around to doing. No. So would have been fabulous though, wouldn't it? I always say any, anybody who has has that. It would it would have been interesting. It must it must be a lovely thing to have. I mean, it's it's building memories and everything like that. And a lot of television we we forget sometimes with television that it because you know some people trash TV or whatever they don't you know Saturday night television they don't necessarily think, but actually in terms of family memories. It's the kind of stuff that they, the whole family used to sit down and watch together. But yeah, I don't remember anything in particular. I, I remember seeing a horror film when I was about eight or nine, which put me right. off horror films for life. <laughs> I do not was that, watch Was that around films. a friend's house? or? or... No, it was, it was at home. Oh, okay. I don't know how I, it, it came to be on, whether it was, it was or why I was still up, because mm. it would have been sort of 10 o'clock gone, I expect, because they never used to show horror films. No until after that but it's um and i don't know the name of it and i did okay. look it up but it's it's a it's one with dennis waterman and george colin oh right and there's one particular scene of dennis waterman's blooded face pushed up against the window which just Crikey. lodged itself in my brain yeah, it's the so. stuff that sticks in your head i mean there, there's all, yeah. all of us worrying about the dark and lonely water uh, chat and there you are no, an actual genuine horror film horrified yeah yeah and i said i've never been able to watch horror films Right. Since and that, and that's probably it's it's probably not that bad by the terms of today's ones. But it's interesting um, because you know the uh, you would have been slap banging them well, no, probably slightly after the era when everyone was saying that Doctor Who was too terrifying. So yes, and and that yeah. that's never bothered you. No, I've I've never been scared scared of Doctor Who because I've always known that it as much as enjoyable as it was that it wasn't real. Mm. You know. Um, I do remember as well uh, the uh, Tales of the Unexpected, the one with the snake. Right. Watching that from sort of behind my fingers because I'm I'm not terribly fond of snakes. No. Uh, and it's not from this this particular story, mm. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I can sort of remember. I think that's more to do with the tension mm. of it, the sort of suspense. I I still had great trouble watching stuff that puts me on edge. Yes. Um, I do, I, I do have a tendency to walk out of the room if it gets too much now because my dad used to send me out of the room so yeah I, I kind of get that actually <laughs> I find it really difficult I sort of, sort of I have to sit and make myself watch stuff sometimes mm. because it's, you know this is ridiculous I am an adult well I should be able to watch this. I don't know because I mean I, I'm finding the older I get the more I dislike cruelty in you know in film in television generally or, mm. or gratuitous unpleasantness yeah it's like there are certain films... I mean, I would never have watched something like Saw because the concept mm. of Saw sounded mind-bogglingly horrible. And they just mm. think, you know... So and I think so. I think there's a lot to be said for that. But equally, it's interesting that those things are the things that stick with you over the years. You know, I mean, I, you were saying about Tales of the Unexpected. I mean, was that, mm -hmm. a, reg was that a regular programme you watched? I, I think it probably was. Right. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's an ITV programme, so, mm. you know... Because that would have been was that Sunday nights or generally Sunday nights? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So is that kind of like you would all gather round as a family on Sunday night? I mean, were, were you basically park yourself in the armchair or park yourself on the sofa and it was the TV for hours on end, or were you were you much more yeah. interesting than that? All right. Yeah. You, yeah. In my case, actually, it was park yourself about six inches away from the table. <laughs> Because I used to sit so close to the television, I was practically, I could feel the static right. from the screen. 
because um, I, I know well, it saves on the heating doesn't it yeah, That's I, know, the thing. I know because I used to get because I've, I've always had quite poor eyesight and I'd okay. get we'd go to the hospital because you went to the hospital then to get your eyes tested mm-hmm. and I remember my parents asking the doctor at the hospital was it a bad thing that I sat this close to the television and they were like no no as long as you can see it's fine it's not gonna hurt so I think the effect is the same now with the modern hundred inch screens isn't it it's basically the yes. same same ratio of sort of even if you're halfway across the room <laughs> I don't I now think that houses are too small that you can't get far enough back for a big screen TV <laughs> yeah I mean we've got a 37 inch and I don't yeah. think we could go much larger than that because no. it's it's the, the room is definitely not big enough yeah for that it, it, no, it is. It's interesting. I, I think this this whole sense. Cause I, I've I've got this image of Charlie Brown because Charlie Brown was always slap banging in front of the television in this. I know that's to do with the square mm-hmm. frames of the actual panels, but but it's yeah. I there was a generation that grew. I mean, I was I was the one on the floor right in front of the set, you know, on the, on the rug mm. or whatever, while everybody else was sat in chairs. You know, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with children's eyes. You know? mm. But so, but the television was. You know, in the corner of the room, it it became. Some people see it as a. I don't want to say a friend, but it became a, a window on the world when you were that age, didn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, as I as I said to you before, because there's a a relatively large gap between uh, myself and my brother and my sister, mm. um, in the fact that they were um, almost thirteen and fifteen when I was born. Right. I almost grew up as an only child because. Yes. They had, by the time I got to sort of 10, yes. they'd both left home. Mm. Uh, my, in fact, my sister was married with a family of her own by this point. Yes. Um, who you played with in the garden. Yes. Who I played with in the garden, yeah. Mm. yeah. But I, so I spent a lot of time with the television. The television mm. was my friend in a way. Mm. I, I spent a lot of time mm. watching children's television and... Mm. and just television really mm. I think none of which I obviously I can't it's, it's really quite annoying I can't remember now what I watched but no. it just you amass it I suppose yes no I'm, I'm just I am intrigued by this because like I say this became you know Lisa's thing if you like in, yes. in the family oh she, she she likes this she likes that I mean did, did can you remember I mean did people sort of try and encourage you not to watch telly or did you or did you get lots and lots of sort of television related presents you know with the annuals and stuff or? yeah i was probably encouraged not to watch it in the so much of the summer to go right. out and, and play and and enjoy the outside i mean we we lived in which what is now a suburb of of london mm. uh, you know a, a borough of london yes. that wasn't there so it was relatively busy there wasn't that much sort of countryside mm. really to explore but we used to sort of play around and, and, mm. and stuff but in the winter I probably spent a lot more time inside and I certainly got Doctor Who books mm. I think um, not annuals so much as maybe sort of novelizations mm. and as I said the audiobook mm. and um, I remember getting the tw- the 20th anniversary it was either the 20th anniversary Radio Time special mm. or the Doctor Who magazine special I can't right. remember which one it is now but it was but it was mostly reading matter it was. Yes, I'm yeah. always fascinated again that lots of people, you know, people used to say about television, oh, you know, you should read a book. And you think, actually, I said, most of the people I know who watched a lot of television read a lot of books. You know? mm. So I do think it's connected. You can see the piles of books I'm surrounded by now. <laughs> so I definitely like to read books. Fair mm. enough. So, 
it's it's kind of weird because I sort of try and get to the bottom of these things. But um, can you remember? I mean, I, I I sometimes ask people, but you're far too young for this. Whether you actually remember television arriving in the house, but presumably the television was always there by by the seventies. But can you remember things like color? Can you remember the first color set or the first video? I think they. I think we. By the time I was old enough to really register television, we mm. already had a color set. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, I certainly remember getting a video because we firstly, because we, we never owned our television set. No. Until... Um, a lot of people didn't. Much know, later it's... on. We, we, we rented from Granada. Ah. So we also rented a video from Granada and we firstly rented a Betamax video, okay. which was a better quality, but obviously a redundant format. Even by mm. that point, it was starting to be less well thought right. of and it was more difficult to get the tapes for it but were you excited by it the actual idea I that you could so. watch something out of because i mean now it's yeah. so commonplace people i do think people don't quite get that it was really quite miraculous it, it was it was yeah. i remember trying to explain to my gran one time how a video worked and this was late in the 80s yes. you know she couldn't quite understand how you could record something watch it and then record over it with something else it was like <laughs> or, a weird... or watch it tomorrow afternoon <laughs> yes yeah weird alien concept but yeah we i think we had a top loader to start with which shows you how long ago that was because yeah. i sort of remember that because it's not like, like the video recorders at school that satisfying clunk as you push yes. the, the the top down to insert the video <laughs> but can you remember it arriving can you remember the first thing you taped because you could oh gosh no that's it's that's no. just too long ago you know your mum and dad were going to a party or something so oh, but we can record the generation game this week because yeah. you know we can watch it when we get home yeah. amazing i think i think suddenly the pubs breathe a huge sigh of relief <laughs> yeah. that people were taping stuff now you know i th i think my dad probably because my dad used to like to watch the golf so if if the golf was possibly on in the daytime when mm. he was going to be at work he would have probably recorded the golf to watch later because he, he he did like to yeah i'm not sure the betamax lasted that long really i think we probably mm. swapped it relatively quickly for the mm. vhs because right. that was the one that everybody was going for and, right. and the tapes were a lot cheaper i think mm. to, can to you get, can you remember so. buying pre-recorded videotapes oh, yeah do you remember I the remember, first one i remember buying uh i can't remember the first one i think somebody might have bought a copy Oh God, this would probably have been a pirate copy as well of E.T. over with appalling okay. quality. It was like a fifth or sixth generation version of E.T. Mm. So you could barely actually see what was going on because it was just snow <laughs> and, and the sound fading in and out. So. No, I, was, I was just really wondering when you get to that age where you just think we can now buy to own forever on home video. Well, what would I get first, you know? It probably would have been the Doctor Who videos. Right. I, I got, I used to get them from WH Smith. Mm. And if they didn't have it on the shelf, or if I knew there was one coming up, I say one coming up, I got them all, I don't know. I, I didn't <laughs> pick and choose. Um, I would ask them to save, to save it for mm. me. And then they'd send me a postcard. This is how long ago it was, to say it's in stock. I remember having to go back a couple of times for what I think was the Five Doctors okay. and tell them that I'd already got it and could they please stop sending me postcards telling me it was there. 
it's, it's a whole different system. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it it really is. It's the way things have moved on in, in just our lifetimes but, is amazing because you've gone from thinking you'd never see whole swathes of Doctor Who again to mm. being able to watch it on any format that you could you could possibly choose. Mm. So so where did you watch television? You say right in front of the screen. That's a, but presumably, yeah. where, what point? What? How old were you when you got this port? Your own portable? Oh, I probably would have been about. I don't know. It was. I definitely had one for the time of Delta and the Banner End. Okay. So that was 1987. So I would have been 15. Right. So whether we actually they rented another television for me i don't know right because that became a kind of social thing in itself didn't it because you know your friends could come over and watch telly in your room with you yeah it had whole whole change in the structure of people's social lives because you had a tv in your room yeah i mean i remember when i first got to know who is uh, my, still my best friend and i went to her house and she had a computer and we spent the whole afternoon playing on the computer right. on the portable television in her room so mm. yeah it's it's it, it certainly did change things yeah. a lot so when did being someone who consumed television turn into so you know when did you become actually interested really sort of interested enough to want to know more about it, talk about it, and all that kind of thing. I mean, presumably you had a social circle who, who wanted to talk about Doctor Who because of the society you joined. Yeah, yeah. But what, was there any of that going on before that, or did, did that sort of come out of it, that, that social social circle? I think it, it probably did come out of that social circle, yes, because I certainly got to see things like Blake Seven mm. and Survivors mm. and not offshoots of Doctor Who, but things mm. that were being made at the same time as yes. Doctor Who. Compare and contrast kind of thing. Yes. And, and, and other sci-fi you might like. Yes. Yeah, right. through, through um, my friend Nick, yes. who I know certainly showed me my first episode of Blake 7 and then <laughs> lent me all, all the videos so I could carry on watching it. Right. And not in a so. sordid come up to my room and watch Blake 7 kind no? of way. No, no, no. It was all, all, all. all very innocent. No, there would have, it was very innocent, yes. Mm. Yes, it's um, yeah, So out of those shows what what made the the biggest impression do you think? I mean I I mean I still obviously Doctor Who is my favorite yeah. program in forever. Yes. Um but I do I am tremendously fond of Blake 7 as well mm. because it's a very different view of the future to mm. that of Star Trek which I had seen because that was being shown on BBC2. Yes. And there was no Doctor Who so you would just watch what you could watch. Mm. Uh, and I was quite a not a fan, but a serious watcher of the Next Generation. And I just I just got it on TV on on Blu-ray. And yes. I'm struggling my way through the first series mm. to get to a decent series because yeah. I mean the first series is okay. It's mm. you know if it hadn't been fairly good, it never would have carried on. Yeah. But there are some absolute stinkers <laughs> as well. I had a friend who used to he had a friend in America who used to send him a tape with about ten episodes on every two or three months and he would just lose a weekend to star trek he would just hmm. just basically plug it in saturday morning and go to work on monday morning you know he'd get, he'd get his fix and this was before they were being shown over here you know he was he was so desperate to see it i think i believe he flew to america to see one of the film premieres you know it was a, all right so it just goes to show that telly you know really does 
sort of get to people. But you're, I mean, now you're doing Round the Archives with Andrew. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you cover, I mean, you, I know you have an enthusiasm for Dad's Army. Yes. And I know you have an enthusiasm for Zed Cars and Softly Softly and, and shows yeah. like that. Where yeah. did they come under your radar or, or you became aware of those shows? Or, I mean, I know Dad's Army probably was on at home when you were growing up. Probably, yeah. But, I don't specifically remember seeing it at yeah. all when I was a child, but... Yeah. Zed Cars... Well, you must have seen this one day and gone, ooh, I love this. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I, I do love Dad's Army, but that's more of um, Andrew's passion than, right. than mine. He, I first watched it pro- regularly uh, with him, so... Hmm. Uh, well, he, that, that's, that's a good reason as any. That's, 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 that's a fond memory, you know, a warm glow. You know? And I, I think there are still episodes I've never seen of right. Dad's Army. Possibly. I don't know until I actually get round to watching and go, oh, no, I have seen this one. Well, I um, sometimes get three quarters of the way through a thing and go, oh, this is the one where that, especially something like a morse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that was something we did. I did watch when I lived at home, morse. That was something that would always be on. Yes. So, but with Zed Cars, I think I didn't see my first episode of Zed Cars or Dixon Dot Green until mm. Andrew and I became uh, friends. Yes. Because um, I think he had some copies through Simon, who'd given him copies of things. And yes. I think I might have seen my first episode of Zed Cars and Dixon's right. at his house, at his okay. parents' house. And obviously enjoyed them, you know? So. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore Zed Cars. I don't know what it is about it. Mm-hmm. And Dixon and Doc Green, mm-hmm. but it's something about the satisfaction of, of well, that, although they don't always get their man, but there's mm. something of the satisfaction of a police series of seeing somebody get justice. Yes, and I think that's what appeals to me. It's a very human series, isn't it? That's the thing. It I, is. I, I think. I think sometimes if you if you grew up on sort of like the Rockford Files or Starsky and Hutch, it was very slick and very obviously very American. But but there was mm-hmm. something. I don't say homespun charm, but it was just human. They were very much more human stories, and that can relate to you know the viewer, especially if you're yeah. a viewer that's inclined towards that. I mean, yeah, it's like those first, the first episode of Zed Cars. Hmm. You know, you get you get things like Bob Steele hadn't given his wife a clout, which is like um, the, the Jeremy Kemp character. Hmm. You know, they've had a row, and he thumped her. Mm. And although that's not something to be welcomed, it does add a certain level of realism to it. Mm. Because, you know, they might be in a bad mood, but why in they're a bad mood? You know, yeah. why has Barlow come in? Why is he in a bad mood? Has he had a row yeah. with his wife? And, you yeah. know, so it's it's interesting. It, it just, I think before that, the police policemen had been too good to be true. Kind yes. Of yeah. Heroes. And this... I know the police certainly didn't like it when Zed Cars first came on because they thought it, it was making them look bad. But they drink beer ways. and things. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Quite a lot of beer. Yeah, there's an aloofness, isn't there, that that some sometimes you get in in those in other police series that they they are a, sort of set apart or put on a pedestal, and I, I suspect that. Uh, Bringing it down to these are just human beings trying to do a difficult job is, I mean, it's worked. Mm. It's worked in hospital series. It's worked in you know London's Burning. So it does actually yeah. work as a, as a bringing it down to a human level is a very good way of getting the drama across. Yeah, I mean, because there's the I don't know if this story is true, but I we did I did hear Colin Baker tell a story once that he was in an episode of I don't know because I don't know if he was acting then, but he was. He was with the actor that played the lead in No Hiding Place. Okay. And he'd had a little too much to drink and they got pulled over and the policeman that pulled him over saw that he was this actor and they let him go. 
because <laughs> you played a policeman on the television, oh, so therefore it was okay. Different times. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with that these days. You'd have to yeah. sort of follow it through with whatever. But um, but yeah, yeah. it's it's it certainly wasn't a whole different experience. So little Lisa sitting there watching the television and 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 seeing the police box, seeing Doctor Who, uh, it's mm. it's turned into this. Well, what you do now, it, it it turned into such a large chunk of your life. Do you do you have do you ever watch modern television now? I watch. I was I was thinking about this, thinking what modern television do I watch, and I watch more than I thought I did mm. because I was thinking, oh, I don't watch watch much, and I was thinking, oh, actually, I do. Pointless I, is on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I watch. We watch Pointless. Yeah, we watch. I watch his Dark Materials right, on Sunday, yes. mm-hmm. which again is sort of fantasy. So that's sort of completely, you know. Do you feel these are stickers. these are future classics? Do you think there will be a sort of eight-year-old yeah. somewhere watching that now, who in forty years' time will be whatever medium is available yeah. will be talking about that? You think? Yeah. I, I, I do sometimes wonder when when you sort of get interested in archive television, whether it somehow closes you off to the new stuff something you know and and yet obviously the television of now will be somebody's nostalgia somewhere down the line you know yeah i mean i think certainly with with his dark materials because you've got all of the sort of creatures in it because mm. of there's obviously um all of the characters have demons which yes. is a representation of their soul so there's all these little furry creatures in it and mm. birds and snakes and whatever and also a talking polar bear I mean, that is going to make such an impression oh, yeah, absolutely. on an eight-year-old. It's going to be the equivalent of, of the Green Death from them. Instead of the <laughs> one with the maggots, it's going to be the one with the talking polar bear. Anything that gives you a talking so, polar bear is, is obviously worth worth your time, yes. Yeah, yeah, and he's a great character. You know, it's it's amazing how they managed to, to make this... I mean, obviously, it's not a real animal because it's CGI, but to make this sort of creature of... of pixels and uh, sort of images alive yes. and somebody you care about because mm. as I, I, I said to Andrew but because I again this is one of those series that I find quite even though it's from children's books originally there are some subjects in it that are quite uncomfortable for an adult to watch mm. well the kids love it yeah <laughs> but the kid, but that sort of it, it yeah it's not so much for kids mm. it, they don't realize these stories because it's it's all about religion and the re, you know the repression yeah. of everybody else by the, the magisterium because mm-hmm. of the way they perceive things which is and it's kind of like the catholic church was sort of a few hundred years ago i guess yes but um, you get cruelty to the demons and i know they're not real i know they're not real animals mm-hmm but I find it really difficult to watch when one of the creatures is being tortured or, yeah. or messed around with because it's an animal. Well, again, that's I think that's, that's what we were saying earlier, wasn't it, about that, that cruelty. It just, yeah, it, it's not comfortable viewing well, at all. Well, there's, there's things like I've never watched um, the, the, a programme from about, well, it might be nearly 10 years ago now, The Shadow Line, okay. which I did think about watching because Christopher Eccleston was in it mm-hmm. and because he'd been the doctor. I mm-hmm. thought, oh yeah, I might give that a watch. And then there's a scene in it with a cat and I was like, no, I'm, if there's going to be cruelty to cats, I am not watching it. Um, <laughs> so I didn't watch it. So And there's whole things that I don't watch. It's like yeah. Inside Number Nine. I really like Inside Number Nine. Mm. But I stopped watching the first series after the second episode because they did right. something nasty off screen to a right. dog. Okay. Um, and I have seen it since, yeah. but it put me off a little bit. Yeah, well, well, it put me off a lot because obviously I stopped watching it. Yeah. But it's, you know, 
I, I sometimes you just have to think well it's not real and and it's you know but it just I sometimes think it it people see that and think it's then okay to go out and do something like yeah. that to an animal in reality so I, I don't think it should be shown necessarily no. but that is just you know do you think any anything will ever supplant Doctor Who in your as number one show for you um I don't think so. Has no, anything come along s- where you've thought, oh, maybe my allegiances might sway? No. Uh, no, no, let's face it, there's, there's far too many books. You've got too much invested in it. In your yes. <laughs> far too, too many DVDs. Many. Yeah. DVDs, Blu-rays. Uh, yes. <laughs> How many times can I buy the same programme in oh, different formats? They, 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 and the answer they is a lot. Yes. <laughs> oh, they really do. They really do. It's like they've just advertised this week that um, Weather Fear is coming out on Blu-ray. And I'm, I'm straight on the internet. Yep having that we (laughs) we live in an age of plenty really and i I think it is it's sometimes difficult to get across to people i mean when when we sort of sit and talk around about archive tv that how difficult it was to to see it yeah 20 30 years ago you know it was really difficult you the times we live in now where you can get an entire series of i don't know crown court for for four quid or whatever you Mm -hmm. know you just never thought you'd see this stuff again, and it's and it's, it's astonishing. And of course, <laughs> what do we do? Well, they see us coming, and we lap it all up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, network sale. <laughs> if I never see the words network sale again, because no. you know, I, I fully was not intending to buy anything in the most recent network sale. Mm. But I'm like, oh, I'll go and have a look and oh, well, see that, what's on that there. Might be interesting. Oh, that's yeah, that's and like four DVDs later. Uh, yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, one of them uh, is I, I've purchased uh, My Old Man with Clive Dunn. Okay. Purely for the fact it's got Edward Hardwick in it. And oh, I was right. Like, hey. so yeah, I didn't, okay. I, I didn't realise Edward Hardwick did comedy. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to have to buy that now to see what Dr. Watson is like doing comedy. Now, I could see you getting that because of the Clive Dunn Dad's Army collection, connection. Yeah. But, actually, yeah, but actually, no, you bought it purely to see Edward Hardwick. <laughs> yeah, to see what how he does comedy or whether he's like, he's not maybe the straight man in it That's and he fantastic. doesn't he get he just gets to think yeah <laughs> yeah because obviously edward hardwick for me is dr watson yes because he's he's the second dr watson in yes. the um after the regeneration whichever yes. version of sherlock holmes it was yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. brilliant <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks for your time today. That's that's that's, that's wonderful. Right. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, speak to you soon. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. So that's just about it for another Vision on Sound. My thanks to Lisa and to Sandy for joining me here today. And as ever, thanks to the lovely folk here at Fab Radio International. And I hope to be with you again with more of this kind of thing very soon. Goodbye and take care. You have been listening to Vision on Sound on Fab Radio International. You can contact the programme via email on vos at fabradiointernational.com or you can follow us on Twitter at visiononsound1 or there is a blog at visiononsound.blogspot.com Thank you for listening. See you next time.